0: Welcome to episode two of Grief Uncensored. You may notice that our first episode was in January and now it is May. Uh, My original intention was to have a new episode every month and what I discovered is that grieving takes up a lot of mental and physical capacity and so... I've given myself time to just process the last few months, and now I'm going to come to you with an episode, a compilation kind of, of where I've been and where I think I'm going and things that have worked for me um, in this process and just some of the beautiful lessons that have occurred. Um, Essentially, I've always preached that you need to have a plan, you need to have a roadmap for you for your life, and the thing that has worked for me consistently is having routines and structures and plans set in place that are going to work for me no matter what's going on in my life. So, before my mom died, I had a super dialed in morning routine that was really helpful to me because last year, before she'd passed, I had this goal of spending more time. In California, knowing that um, time on this earth is limited. And I've known that for a very long time. I, um, you know, started experiencing death at a pretty early age and then started experiencing traumatic death at an earlier age murder, um, death from AIDS, death from cancer, just so many things that really shaped my mind into understanding. That our time here is not processed is not promised, and it's interesting because I just went to a personal development conference, which I'll be sharing some tips from that in here. And Brendan Burchard is someone who I admire and follow, um, and I use his frameworks through Growth Day to help me stay on track with my own healing, progress, high performance, and sharing my gifts with the world. And so. Um, one of the things he talks about, which I didn't even know there was a word for it, this is just how I've been living my life, is mortality motivation. And that's essentially the knowledge that our time here is not promised. And then making a plan, keyword plan, to do something about that and to live intentionally every single day. And when you live intentionally every single day... You tap into the practices that help you become the best version of yourself. And so I'd like to share with you some of my practices, some of my process, some of those really low moments that I had to pull myself out of to continue moving forward. Because like I said, you don't get over the person who passed away. You don't get over your grief, but you grow around it and you learn how to um, live with it in your life. And um, the practices that I'm using are helping me to do that. And so coming back to the morning routine, um, last year, again, I think I shared this in the first episode, it was just such a blessing that I had this inner knowing that I trusted that said, I need to spend more time in California. So last year, my grandmother was turning 80. My mother was turning 60. My mother died four months after her 60th birthday. I was in California almost every month last year, which gave me this proof. Because if we look back on times in our life, we've been able to do something that's really helpful in moments that we've been discouraged Um, really helped me to see, wow, how much time did I actually spend in California last year? And it was 33% of my year was spent there. And so I was like, if I can do 33% this year, kind of willy nilly without, you know, total systems and structure, what can I do in 2023? So before my mom had died, I had already set the goal of being 50-50 in California and Colorado. And I'm essentially tracking to do that now. And what I didn't know then was how much I would need it now. So sometimes we have this inner knowing, this idea, this thing that's inside of us that's like, I need to do that. And maybe it's, like I said, for me, living in California and Colorado, maybe it's writing a book, maybe it's starting a podcast, maybe it's starting that conversation with the barista at the coffee shop that you think is attractive, you know, but you have this inner feeling, right? And so many times we have that feeling and we ignore it, we ignore it, we ignore it because we get stuck wondering how in the heck am I ever going to do that? And so one of the things that I always tell my clients and myself is that once you have something that's such a clear why to you or such a clear knowing put it on your list go for it don't worry about the how just worry about how big that why is for you so 2022 didn't know my mom was gonna die but i knew i needed to spend more time in california so i started going back and forth between california and colorado and i had this morning routine and my morning routine started with waking up saying thank you to god that i was breathing and that i was alive diving into a daily devotional, which I do with Joyce Meyer. Getting up, drinking what I call babe juice, is a mix, which is a mixture of my pre-workout, hydration, and collagen. Sometimes I add some daily greens in there. And then I hop on my community. It's a Zoom of a bunch of women that get together and motivate each other to work out. We're all doing different things. Sometimes people are taking a walk, riding a bike. I'm actually walking while I'm recording this podcast right now because habit stacking is also something that really works for me. Um combining things that need to happen. You might call it multitasking, but I call it efficiency. And so, um, yeah, getting on that morning movement um, and then um, journaling gratitude, checking my schedule, which I time block every week, and then moving on with my day. So that was such a beautiful touch point to have, whether I was in California, Colorado, Texas, Arizona, like wherever I was because I ended up traveling quite a bit. Because once you put something on your vision board, you better be prepared for it to happen if you're actually going to take massive actions and steps toward it. So that morning routine for me, I had it all through my travel last year in 2022. And then suddenly my mom died in December. And in addition to my morning routine, I had all of these other practices and things that I did or you know you load on your schedule and I was doing monthly breath work. I was recording this podcast every week and then I was recording it every month and then I was missing it a couple months at a time because I didn't have the capacity for it because emotionally I was not in the place for it. But what I could do was stick to those couple simple things in the morning. So even after my mom passed away I gave myself I want to say a week about where If you've ever lost someone close to you, you know that the first couple of days are just a fog and a haze of to-do lists, of like mortuary, planning, talking to people, informing people. You don't have time to like think about anything regarding your goals, yourself, how you wanna show up in the world. And so I gave myself that time to sleep in on days I needed to, so I didn't set the alarm, or I was taking a lot of naps because I was just so devastated. All I wanted to do was sleep, but I did every morning wake up, say thank you, pray. I moved. I went on walks around the lake, so it didn't look like maybe how it looks when I'm really high functioning, but I still had those touch points just to remember, hey, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I want. I don't have the capacity for this right now, but when I do, I want to remember who I am. I want to come back to the to, to this structure. Um, and so, I had this knowing that I wanted to be in California. When my mom passed, my dad said, "Wow, it's almost like you knew." I didn't know my mom was going to die, but I trusted the inner knowing that I needed to be in California. Well has my plan to be in California 50, 50 changed now that my mom's gone? No, it's that much more important to me. Um, another thing that happened after my mom's death, um, was obviously like sometimes death brings people together. Sometimes it pulls them apart. And I think that now more than ever, My relationships with my sister, her husband, my dad, my grandparents, my aunt, the people in California feel so much just more important. And part of my healing process has been being able to be with them and have that touch point with them every single month. Being able to visit my mom who's buried in California right behind my grandparents' house, going there to be with her. My initial goal was to spend more time with my mom before she passed, and I'm not going to get that time back, but what I can do is live intentionally and make meaningful time with the people who are here and go and visit my mom and grieve in a way that works for me. And I'm able to do that because I followed that inner knowing. I have that 50-50 time. And another thing I didn't know was going to happen, after my mom passed, I went to get a memorial tattoo. I have lots of tattoos. My aunt even said she was like, we were all wondering when you'd get the tattoo (laughs) for your mom. Um, And my mom wasn't a huge fan of my tattoos. I'm the only child in the family that has them of four siblings. And I've just kind of always (laughs) marched to the beat of my own drum. So long story short, I go to, it's Christmas Eve. And I'm devastated. And Christmas is canceled for obvious reasons. And I'm just looking for anyone who will tattoo me. (laughs) And no one's available on the holiday and that's fine. And, but the one person who did reach out to me um, is my now boyfriend. And we met because I put out the feelers he responded I said hey my mom died I really want this memorial tattoo I sent him a picture of it it's a moose because um, my grandfather called her moose because of her large size when she was born and so I go to get my tattoo well the, he messages me and he's like I'm so sorry it's Christmas Eve I'm not here I'm actually with my family because I'm going through a similar thing my dad's sick I also believe that the universe and God put people in your place and in your path for a reason and it's important to pay attention to that so he says i'd love to do this tattoo for you can you wait a couple days i said yeah i had a good energy from him it felt right like the right thing so i was like okay i'm gonna wait so we meet like about five days later and we have this amazing connection he does this beautiful tattoo for me and um we start to become friends, we start to spend time together. I'm gonna be in California for another week or so because my mom We couldn't bury her for three weeks after she died. So I spent a lot of time in California. And so we spent some more time together. In that time, he gifted me um, a tattoo of my mom's handwriting. It's one of the most special things to me. I look at it every single day and I just feel her with me. Um, And in the time Brian and I got to get to know each other and decided that we wanted to be in a relationship, Um, his dad's health progressively got worse and then he passed away. Exactly a month after my mom passed. And so we've been simultaneously grieving and falling in love. And it's been one of the most raw um, and beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. And it's really, again, taught me how to look at myself within relationship. I could do a whole nother episode on attachment, and I probably will. Um, but when somebody dies, especially a primary caregiver, a parent, um, it can kind of rock your world in terms of attachment. And my grief is complicated with my mom. It's complicated grief because there were many years of my life where we were not close. There were many years of my life where she was very ill. And um, I'm going to bring this back to kind of <laughs> some of the things that people try to say or do to be comforting when someone passes Or they ask questions meaning, well, like, were you close? And I noticed myself getting really like defensive, like, well, does it matter? She's my mom, she's dead. I'm like so upset about that, right? And so um, having Brian or having my boyfriend was such a unique experience because I didn't have to explain any of that to him. He just got it automatically. And we were able to have really deep, really meaningful, really healing conversations around our experiences, and also just kind of hold each other accountable to not staying stuck in the grief. So, kind of going off on some tangents, but feeling like they're all important because you truly never know what's around the corner, you never know what life's gonna bring you, and so what are the practices and tools that are gonna help you to be the person you wanna be in all of those circumstances. And so I had that morning routine. I started giving myself some grace in terms of my capacity to do the extras, right? And the extras are still things that move the needle toward where I want to go and who I want to be in various facets of my life. And, um, But to the grieving process, they weren't totally necessary. Um, I have a therapist. I go to a beautiful program called Grief Share. It's a nationwide program. It is through the church. It is um, religious foundation based, but anyone can go. Um, The facilitators are so wonderful. They always just say if religion is not your thing, then um, just leave that part out um, in the process. But being able to share and connect with other people going through what you're going through is a really helpful tool and just was such a good reminder to me when I have this mortality motivation that's like, I have to do this. I have to do that. Life has to be meaningful. I'm lifting up these high expectations. It's like, whoa, girl, your mom only died four months ago. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to not have the capacity to do all of the things you wanna do right now. You're on the right track. You'll have the energy, you'll have the time, you'll have the space when it's right because that why is there, that inner knowing is there and nothing's gonna take that away from you. So take the time you need to do what you need to do even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's hard to make you that much stronger and that much more present as you heal, and so, I took some time, and thankfully, because I've always known my long-term trajectory is to do big things, <laughs> and to help hundreds and thousands and millions of people, um, I gave myself a break, and then in Aug in um April, I went to the Earth Day seminar in um in Texas in Austin, and it was. Such a beautiful time to kind of emerge from this shell of grief, um, to see some speakers i had been following. I was listening to daily podcasts, even, you know, during this grieving process, um, personal development, things that were healing to me. And um, Ed Milette is one of my favorite speakers on earth. Um, his book, The Power of One More, changed my life. I already knew I loved him, but his book just really pushed it over the edge for me and he was speaking at this conference and I love Brendan and I've gotten to work with him before Jamie Kern Lima was there she's amazing too I've seen her at Tony Robbins there were a couple other folks that I'd had the pleasure of seeing speak before but I'd never seen Ed in person and so for me it was like even if no one else had been there going there for Ed was gonna change everything for me and it was such a beautiful reminder and such a healing moment. Um, Ed talks about this often, and his dad was an alcoholic until Ed was a teenager, and so he grew up knowing how to read a room. And when you grow up in traumatic or unstable situations, you grow up knowing how to read a room. And I think that that's been large in part um, part of my gift in terms of. Being able to be a social worker, a therapist, a healer, a coach is being able to understand the emotions of the people around me. And so hearing Ed, this person that's doing the things that I want to do, that's up and helping people and sharing his heart and sharing his truths and just being authentic, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Um, is so powerful to me. And he's one of those speakers that talks about, you know, I don't have all these certifications, qualifications, et cetera, to be this person to help you. The only qualification I have that he says is that he's a son of an alcoholic and that he endured really painful situations in his life to become the man that he is today that then gives back in service to his community and to others. And one of my favorite things that he always says that I just it sticks with me and I repeat it to myself so often is God doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called. And so many times in in life We disqualify ourselves based on our life experiences, based on shame, based on guilt, based on things that we're not proud of. And we disqualify ourselves from our gifts, from helping others. And one of the things that's been complicated in my grief is praying and hoping that my mom knows how much I loved her and that she knows how much I saw her try, even when things were really hard. And even though I felt at times that she couldn't be the mom that I needed her to be, I am the woman I am because of her. And there was a huge trajectory in my life where I made decisions that I'm not proud of and things that occurred that I blamed my mom for, you know, like had I had a mom that did this or did that or whatever, maybe I wouldn't be in X, Y, and Z position or maybe I wouldn't have made X, Y, or Z decision and I had to get to a point in my life where I started owning my own experience and take control of my life to be the person that I want to be and instead of looking at and feeling shame from some of the things that had happened in my family, I finally was able to see that so much of What I experienced with my mom was a gift that actually qualifies me to serve and to help and to teach others. And I'm leaning into that also in this experience of her unexpected death. And even though it's so painful, and even though at times I just don't understand, I know there's a purpose and there's a reason for everything. And going to that personal development event and getting to see Ed Milette was just, just came at the right time in my grief process where I was kind of thawing out and starting to figure out okay, no, I'm not going to be the person I was before my mom died because there's life before my mom died and life after. And there's pieces of me my core values who i am at my core that will always be there but i'm living my life in a different way and that immersive event was just what i needed to kind of light a fire under me and remind me that of who i am in spite of all the pain that i've recently endured with her death and all the pain that i've endured in our lifetime together But it also reminds me of all the joyous moments and all of our beautiful experiences because the pain wouldn't feel this deep had there not been an abundance of love and experiences with it in my life. And my relationship with my mom is just both. It's so both. It's both and. It's It was beautiful and it was painful and it will continue to be both of those things as I grieve um, her loss and the physical presence of her. But I also am using this opportunity to make meaning out of our life together, out of my life after her. And because I've continued to stay open to healing and growth and moving through the pain and moving through the grief, um, I'm getting to discover this whole new version of me that wouldn't exist had this not happened. And so I bring this to you to share that no matter what you're going through, where you're at, that It's never too late to look at your life experiences and put a different story to them, to figure out a way to make meaning out of some of the tragedies in your life, to take a pause and say, how can this actually be a gift? And I'm not saying it's ever a gift to lose somebody, but what I am saying is... What about this has shaped me and maybe given me something that maybe others don't have, something that makes me special, that puts me in a place that I'm able to serve others. So that's where I'm at in my grief right now. I don't know what the next chapter is going to bring, but what I do know is thats is that I'm paying attention. I'm honoring my feelings in the moment, but again, I'm not allowing a temporary emotion to shape a long-term outcome. I'm looking at the gifts. I'm paying attention. I'm honoring my needs and I'm giving back in all the ways that I know how and so now that I am having more capacity, I hope to bring you more episodes of Grief Uncensored. I hope to bring you more episodes with tips and tricks and ways to heal on just the Healing Your Mindset podcast that was started last year. And again, I just thank you for listening, for supporting me. I know sometimes this framework doesn't seem very clear, at least it doesn't to me anyway, um, but hopefully... Even if just one little thing I said in today's podcast resonated with you, that is enough for me. You can follow me on Instagram at healing underscore your underscore mindset. You can reach out to me anytime at healingyourmindset at gmail.com. If you liked this podcast, please leave a review. Let us know what you think. Always open to questions, suggestions for future episodes. Um, Again, thank you for listening. And um, don't forget to ask yourself, what's one kind thing you can do for you today?